Hi, everyone. Welcome to Not Medical Advice, Episode 2, The Diverticulitis Story. And I'm Daryl Becker, and I am here to welcome you to this getting it going, trying to make a lot more content. Um, please have patience with me as I get used to my technology over here. Welcome to Not Medical Advice, medical stories that showcase the effective medical options you haven't heard of or you never seriously considered. So just like the title of the show, this video and podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice. And there is no claim that anything I mentioned can be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or injury. You are responsible for what happens if you use information in this show to treat any medical condition. And I am not responsible for anything that you choose to do. It's really that simple. So yeah, to start off with, um, I'll just go to sharing a different screen here, but um, maybe I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to stop sharing for just a second here. Um, Trump is behind me, chickens in the background. Uh, I'm here in Hawaii, and I've got clients definitely here on the Big Island of Hawaii, but also on various places on the mainland of the USA. Sometimes I actually actually help people in with conditions in other countries as well, and. I like to go through it one story at a time. In this case, um, I've worked with this person for uh, definitely a number of years and didn't really use much of my skills or effort to help him for a while. Um, and as easily as can happen, uh, let's just go into the, the backstory. A guy is uh, in his mid-30s. He lives somewhere in the general range between Washington, D.C. and Kentucky. You know, they were keeping him pretty anonymous, you know. Um, he's a um, long-term cigarette smoker, but otherwise than that, you know, clean living by some standards, though plenty of caffeine and coffee um, and lots and lots of fast food that I know of. But that's part of the story that I'm aware of, you know. Um, many times in our, uh, in our time together, I'm aware of how much, you know, certainly like to go with the, the job, a bunch of fast food and I would say probably inappropriate food choices were going on for, for a long time. And Guy just never really saw an impact from his choices. So he would just go on and on with that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden I find out he's sick. He's in the hospital. That uh, diverticulitis, the inflammation of diverticulum was what just happened. So I'm going to totally uh, screen share that and find exactly what exactly is diverticulitis. Uh, it's very important to be able to see that, uh, basically. So I'm going to hopefully show you what, that, what I'm talking about here. Um, let's see. Uh, here we go. So here is a portion of the intestine you can kind of see here. Um, and I get to sort of shape it around here. And these are diverticulae right here. So in other words, this, this, the intestine needs to be, in health, it's smooth. It's just, it's just a smooth passage. I'm trying to open your seeing my pointer here. And what happens when we, the walls weaken on the, the colon in this case, and in those pockets, there's less musculature to move the shit along. Sorry for my language, but to move this, this crap, the feces, along, basically. Uh, we'll, we'll beep that out at some point to move move things along it settles in here 
that that's why that, that that's the two colored things in these diverticuli. And then here, more than that, now we have actual pockets of infection happening. So I wouldn't at all be surprised if I have diverticulum in my intestines. I am soon going to be, soon enough, I'll be 48. I wouldn't at all be surprised if I have some of these. I've had so much history of intestinal issues that I know for sure I can have them. But as far as I can tell, not quite to the point of infection. So this client, he had definitely hardcore infection and like serious abdominal pain, sent him right to the hospital, luckily. And of course, uh, intravenous antibiotics. And it wasn't very long before he was not feeling the pain any longer. And he was definitely feeling much, much better. The usual diagnostic things would happen. The usual diagnostic things. Okay, so uh, he was given more antibiotics to take. So you know, making sure that which, which antibiotics, are we talking uh, Metro and which is, I, I know it as flagell, which is an easier thing to say than metronidazole. Metronidazole is a lot harder to say, but that's definitely, it's more than antibiotic. It's an anti-protozoal medication. It, it, so things that kill parasites, protozoa infections are parasites, are very, very strong. I know of this one as being very, really ready to rip up the GI system. Um, taken too long, and it usually is done too long. Uh, that's the other one. Here's the other one, Cipro. Uh, most people know of Cipro, commonly used to treat, um, I would say, hardcore infections all the way up to anthrax, actually. And also really does a number on the GI system. Uh, so he first, you know, antibiotics, these were, these were done, uh, flagell and, and Cipro were done intravenously, and then he's got them to take home. And uh, I told him, you know, at some point, I recommend you stop taking them. You know, uh, I think that the point was, you know, like once, once you've, um, they always recommend, take your antibiotics, take it to the end of the course. You can't figure out, you just need to take it, do what the doctor tells you to, do what the doctor tells you to, oh no! You know, yeah, you can actually not have to do what the doctor tells you to. Um, I, I have successfully done this many times for myself. I, I take a prescription for as long as I need to. I can measure it. I'm not the only one. Uh, we get to that in, in this point. Because uh, we're going to get to options that you haven't thought of or heard of yet. Uh, so the, the backstory is he, he comes back home and he's got oral antibiotics. Eventually he gets off of them and he's taking probiotics and still experiencing diarrhea. At that point, I have to just, you know, I'm trying to consult with a minimum once a week minimum and, and messaging him like as much as he'll message me throughout the week because I can answer messages easily, phone calls and video calls not so easily when I'm working for other people. It's kind of a tough one. But when, when I'm working with people and they're lying down on the table, I'm an acupuncturist, if they're lying down and they're getting treatments, they could be fully asleep and I could easily just pick up the phone and, and be receiving a message and then sending a message. It's really easy to do, especially when the client is fully out and snoring or something like that. Acupuncture lends towards very deep relaxation for many people. Though not all clients, many cling to consciousness with, you know, as best they can. Um, I could talk about that sometime in the future. So I mentioned to him, you gotta consider that probiotics for someone who has intestinal irritations is a laxative for many people. 
So he's suffering from diarrhea, no longer abdominal pain, and that's gonna that gets in his way. You know, he's got he's got work to do. He's got to go back to his job and things. So I mentioned, please consider getting off of the anti, uh, probiotics soon. You can always get back on them again, or take really smaller doses so that it doesn't in, encourage diarrhea to happen. Because again, you know, in case you didn't understand that, probiotics act as a laxative if you take enough of them, which might not even take that much at all because it can be very moving and that kind of inspiring thing. Um, I, I definitely had uh, given him uh, a list of, of several practitioners which I looked up in the standard way. So I'm just going to to stop the share because I gotta go back and share the proper, proper thing here. Get this slide show. So uh, these are the ways I, I covered this in the last video. ICAKUSA.com. Find a doctor right here on the screen. This is way I tried to find his practitioner, although in his location, I believe I had to get a little bit more creative and I believe I had to find other ways to find him an AK or CK practitioner. What exactly is an AK or CK practitioner? Good question, because you might not have watched the first episode. Applied kinesiology and variants like clinical kinesiology are a specialty discipline of a very small selection of chiropractors. So most people, when you think chiropractor, you're thinking like an adjustment mill. You go in, maybe maximum 15 minutes, they've adjusted you head, thorax, um, the thoracic, lumbar, sacrum, you know, and maybe some other various joints of the body, and you're out. They, you know, like they, they, they're basically they're really running a nice little business, running people through rather rapidly. And trust me, some of them are doing great structural work. Some of them are even finding challenging diagnostics with this that really would be missed by other people. But an applied kinesiologist or a clinical kinesiologist is able to actually measure other subtle things to find out what exactly is going on. What are the strong and weak organ systems? And I'm going to have to do a separate show on exactly how that works. But basically, you can just go ahead and research it. They can find out the medicine. So in this case, I sent him to, I, I looked, I did my best. I looked up one, found him one. Let's, let's call him uh, Dr. R, for example. And he, he, go, he went, went ahead to, to Dr. R and he, he's engaging and he has, doesn't understand muscle testing because I didn't really get a chance to explain it to him, but pushing on the various parts of the body, the arm, leg, and neck muscles, basically. Um, those are the ones that you, you think of because that, that's where they're attached to, to some degree. Um, they, you know, keep, keep this in mind. Here's how it works. I'll just say very shortly. The spinal system of the body enervates a lot of muscles of the body, and the spinal system of the body enervates the major organs of the body. This has been discovered through, I don't know how many autopsies and biopsies. They've cut open a lot of cadavers to see exactly which spinal segments enervate which organs and which muscle systems. And guess what? Almost all of them are the same. 
In other words, like if you, you cut open, like as an example, uh, let's just say L2, and you get the glow and behold, oh my God, it actually does innervate, you know, systems related to kidney and adrenal. That's amazing, you know. So uh, I, I know that some AK and CK people are like flipping through their book saying like, he's wrong, he's wrong, I know he's wrong. Um, I might be, yeah, I might be one segment off on that. I'm not an AK and CK practitioner. I'm an acupuncturist who got to learn a variety of subtle biofeedback testing or biocompatibility testing using AK and CK methods and other methods that I was taught how to use. So I haven't memorized uh, the sequences of what vertebrae innervates what. But that's how it basically works, is they discovered this. In 1964, George Goodhart discovered this. So you can go ahead to find yourself a better practitioner through this. I found, I found my guy, um, some, a really nice practitioner. Let's call him Dr. R. Uh, chiropractors have a DR in front of their name, so I'm going to call him by his doctor. And definitely, um, like, the two visits so far, I think he's having the third visit probably before this video was even starting to be, you know, recorded. Um, I'm, I'm trying to connect more with Dr. R, connect more with the client, and try to understand, like, what's being found, because he's not really filling my client in on the whole picture. This is often the problem with many practitioners. They just don't want to tell you what you really could use to know. They don't want to tell you what things are functional and working good and what things kind of suck, you know. And, and we're speaking of organ systems, vertebrae, um, we're speaking of um, intrinsic structural anomalies. We're speaking of um, when they use test kits or other methodologies um, for um, therapy localization points. These are, I'm, I'm speaking now in, in the lingo, you know. They can find out deficiencies and toxicities of essentially important things that's a deficiency in nutrients that are just needed by the body to repair and continue life and toxicities finding substances that should have been there in the first place that's just the way it is you know so these are the guys who can find it and i'm i mean i'm, I'm fingers crossed he's given this guy a real college try he's really investing basically my client has invested two treatments a week for the whole month that's really giving the practitioner a try to demonstrate some results. Some people would give me, you know, maybe two tries, maybe three, you know, and, and if I'm not delivering something that's tangible and equal to the money and time they're spending, they're out, they're gone, you know. And um, I, I offer to say, by all means, please do that. If it's not fast enough or good enough, I'm, I'm willing, of course, to help other ways, too. I'm willing to help look up other professionals for them to go and try, but that's the way it goes. So that's the one part that the client so far has done. But if, if he was rolling with a little bit more money and not having to say go to work, if he could just do whatever he wanted to do, I would send him to the next one. That's looking up and finding a naturopathic doctor, a naturopath. And I use that site here on the screen, healthprops.com to look up a naturopathic doctor. And it's actually good for looking up other practitioners too, I believe, but it's an interesting way of uh, what a naturopathic does. What, what a naturopath would be useful for this client because uh, he or she would be able to run some nice labs and they would have a, usually a very large pharmacopoeia 
a lots of medicines to sell and consider in their office space. So this is the thing where they would go first, they would go to, you know, uh, first hopefully like an uh, applied or clinical kinesiologist who's always gonna usually be a chiropractor. Or if you're really lucky, finding someone else who does some biocompatibility testing. And they kind of get the big picture and they're trying to like, they have maybe some medicines. I would send them then next to a naturopath, perhaps running some more complicated labs that you need a naturopathic degree to potentially, uh, you know, run or like making sure that it's all like, you know, to some degree insurance covered. Sometimes they can do that. Oh, by the way, my client got a large portion of these eight visits covered by his insurance. So he's saving some money right there. And that's kind of pretty cool. Um, a naturopath could potentially be ready to sell a lot of supplements to a client. So my client's not seeing one, but I would wish for them to consider this, but maybe that's superfluous, unnecessary, you know, and that, that's a good thing. Um, the point would be, uh, you know, if, if they went to a certain naturopath that had a lot of medicines and they sold them those medicines, if they had, you know, if a client had an agreement with the naturopath and said, hey, if I don't open the medicine, can I sell it right back to you at the same exact price, unopened, you know, can I do that within a span of time, say seven days or 14 days, enough time for you to get to the AK or CK practitioner to test it? It's like, Daryl, that's complicated. I have to go to two people? Well, oh, oh, you don't have to. I mean, what do you want to do? Do you, <laughs> you can do whatever you want, basically. I'm just trying to help, you know. This is what I would literally be paid to suggest to people. But not to you, because this is not medical advice. If you're watching this, this is for entertainment purposes only. That's why it's under that category in YouTube and on podcasts. Entertainment, I hope, you know. So, yeah, I would actually have someone go to a naturopath and actually purchase a bunch of supplements. They, they could, sometimes, I swear to God, they would sell you up to four or $500 a box of medicine, a bunch of which really doesn't do your body any good. I definitely had a client that had to deal with intestinal issues a lot of problems with the naturopath that sold the medicines to him. Uh, basically, a lot of problems with the medicine. And he kept the ones that he uh, kept unopened and didn't use, he was able to sell back. I was able, able to purchase some of the medicine from him because I know how to use the medicine. I love this medicine. It sometimes takes a while for me to find a person that it fits, just like um, the proper ratchet set fitting the proper bolts, basically. It's kind of like that. So yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a whole separate show at some point on how to run your own labs and what labs I'd consider running for some situations. But for right now, you know, when I'm sending a client out there and I I want them to have a practitioner to work with, um, many chiropractors they're not gonna work on diet. A naturopath will work on diet with you. They'll work on some diet ideas, some lifestyle ideas, some exercise ideas. Um, I, I mean, it's possible that some chiropractors, especially if they're very athletic and physically fit, that they might be into dishing out to you what they personally find works for them. They might or might not actually test this in reality, like to see if it's biocompatible, if what they're suggesting is biocompatible. But a sporty doctor, I'm sorry, a sporty applied or clinical kinesiologist chiropractor might actually do that but most naturopaths will deal with diet 
And that's why we go to the third one here, an acupuncturist. And so in addition to having things tested and getting a good chiropractic treatment and making sure that foods can be adequately tested to see for biocompatibility, in addition to getting labs run by the naturopath and, and maybe doing some potential dietary work with the naturopath and maybe a big pharmacopoeia of medicine, now they can go to an acupuncturist, which deals with other levels of things. So hopefully an acupuncturist that you know might feel comfortable using herbal formulas because a naturopath might very well not be trained in the specific herbal formulas that an acupuncturist has been trained in. <laughs> we have been trained in some really amazing, funky herbs and formulas. And some naturopaths and some chiropractors know about these and some of them do not. That's the way it goes. So, um, you know, basically it's, it's like that. Uh, they, can, they can really reduce the stress level down. And acupuncturists will really, you know, deal with that component. Honestly, if your body and your mind and your heart is deep in stress from dealing with this physical condition, especially diverticulitis, the inflammation of diverticulitis, that is very stressful. That's days off of work. That's unknown situation. They're threatening you with, uh, um, he was threatened with surgery to, to resection his colon. They're, gonna, they're ready to cut stuff right out. They're also threatening him with a colonoscopy, and we're going to get to that in a moment, too. Um, he said no to the resectioning of the colon. And although he's got the colonoscopy scheduled, he did not actually go ahead. And, you know, he, he actually, over the phone in a discussion with him this weekend, he did, dis he did disclose that he has no intention of doing that. He looked up the risks, perforated colon, you know, camera can go through, um, camera could just literally cause cuts as it's going through all of this, I would say, troubled area. I was just basically, um, at first the vibe that I was getting was that this client seemed very ready to go do a colonoscopy. He wanted more data, he wanted more information. Um, and then as he's researching more, he had enough information from the two CT scans that he's done. So he didn't really need to do that. Um, and I'm glad that, I, I mean, I didn't have to try to say, please don't do a colonoscopy. Not until your intestines have healed up some more, you know, and I, I would say not at all if possible. It's just, it's really better to concentrate on effective care rather than damaging diagnostics unless you absolutely have to. And this is a damaging diagnostic. You know, the barium enema thing is no joke. You know, I think barium poisoning is not to be underestimated. I think that um, everything the, going under general anesthesia or, you know, like that, there, there's no, it's not a good idea. It's just not, there, there's impact. And I guess some colonoscopies can be not under general, uh, can be uh, local anesthesia, maybe. I still think that, and it, it's not a good idea. Um, so I wrote up, he wanted to know, what do I eat? That was his big question. So I wrote down this list here of things to, Foods to increase. He's never heard of bone broth, so I gave him bone broth, and uh, I'm gonna get to the recipe soon. And of course, I mentioned chicken soup. Broth in general, but not too salty. Steamed vegetables. Uh, I, um, I mentioned some vegetables that he found were, in his research, a problem, like broccoli, asparagus. Um, so zucchini and beets, as an example of vegetables that could be 
gentle and benign and, and good fiber, uh, gentle fiber. Carrot juice, really delicious. Really, it's like, honestly, like sugar for me. Um, it's really sweet to me. And I think it is uh, nutritious. Um, small salads, maybe hopefully made of baby spring mix, uh, spring greens, um, the first plucked greens basically. Perfect if you're already growing them. I wish I was. It's, I, I need a greenhouse to start growing up here, so that'll be the future. Um, simple salad dressing, olive oil, balsamic vinegar, sea salt. Um, to never mix fruits with all other foods, consider apples, consider blueberries, uh, lots of water, a small amounts of basmati rice. Um, this is um, what I was aiming for. I got this pulled from the best I can using long distance energetic diagnostics that I've got. I could be wrong, that's why I'm sending him to practitioners to double check what I'm suggesting. <laughs> you know, don't have to take my word for it. And then a list of foods to avoid. I was definitely listing coffee and caffeine and all caffeinated tea, milk and dairy, um, butter might be okay. Wheat products, that's bread, pasta, crackers, rice crackers, all pastas in general, uh, beer and alcohol, though I know he uh, doesn't really do that, but I just try to make mention so that this is not the time to have one, you know, this is the time to let it go. Fried foods, fast foods. He mentioned quinoa. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of quinoa when there's digestive upset. Here's one. Quinoa has a lot of sap in it. You just put some quinoa in a pot and then just run some water over it. You will notice that it gets kind of soapy. And if you try to taste that water, you will notice that it is soapy. <laughs> so those saponins can be quite irritant. Um, in general, many grains are an irritant. And that's why even the white basmati rice is just like a little bit of a gentle thing to, to boost things up. So yeah, that's, the, that's the general gist of it. Um, I, I listed some more resources here for listentoyourgut.com. They've got a whole thing on diverticulitis and a whole thing on an elemental diet which they disclose everything on the site. So it's, it's a nice resource. Um, so I am looking forward to seeing how he's going. Like for one thing, uh, you know, this whole event helped this client stop smoking. As soon as he got to the hospital, he's not smoking anymore and he's never stopped and he's never started again. So I'm really, really grateful for that. Um, I, also mentioned other medicines to him. I, I definitely had some ideas on what else could be useful. So I'm going to go ahead and, and deliver on some of that. Um, I, I did include this one and I, I know I leaned heavy on this one for the last client when I was speaking on, on the story about Alzheimer's disease. But cordyceps can be useful in a variety of ways. Uh, the immune boosting possibilities for one, that's, that's one component, just to boost up the immune system with the polysaccharides, beta-glucans, etc. cetera, um, likely will test well. Also, it's a boost of energy, it's an adrenal tonic. And this guy has been leaning heavy into caffeine for years, decades. So, you know, I, I am now two months off of caffeine and that's a good thing. So, um, I can say that it's really useful. I occasionally pull out the cordyceps. Um, I used to be doing it every single day. Now I'm doing it when I need to and want to. And 
Um, and it's a good thing. And, and that's a, honestly, this is a fine retail price for 120 caps here on Amazon. It's not that hard to find. Um, the next one was Fischl, of course, because you want to make more structure, make more tissues, make like repair the tissues and everything like that. So I found a good Fischl, Spectrum Essentials, not bad, 250 gel caps for like 26.30 plus shipping. Some of you have, you know, maybe it ships for Prime for free or something like that. Um, that's a that's a fine thing. So dosage, by the way, let me go back to dosage as well. What would I say for this guy? He was, he was taking them. Cordyceps, six of them in the morning and four of them in the afternoon for four days in a row and then three days off, repeat, repeat for the rest of the month like that. It's a lot of capsules, but I think it's, it takes a bunch of, yes, that's an investment. But I think that that would be, that would be what I would do. And then more importantly, I'd bring that supplement over to Dr. R to test and see, is it biocompatible? Which is a snapshot in time. Every single session is a snapshot in time. He can test foods and medicines and give you a snapshot on that. But that's what I would say from a distance. I would have him be taking eight to 12 fish oil capsules a day. What do most people take when they take fish oil capsules? Well, I know some of y'all out there, if you, you might go to a doctor who actually prescribed like pharmaceutical grade fish oil capsules to you, which is really not that radically different than what I'm pointing to here on the screen. And my God, I mean, uh, you're given a dose of one of them. It's like starvation level. Like, like you're just, you're going to make it through the prison camp. You're going to take, you, you only have so much in this one bottle. So you're going to take one at a time. You're not in a prison camp, okay? You're not in prison, okay? You're free. You're free to watch this YouTube and, and listen to podcasts. You don't have to take one. It doesn't help you. One does not help you very much. It's true. Everyone's different. Everyone's unique. Maybe for some people, you only want to take one because you've got a really gentle system going on. For this client to rebuild the situation, we want eight of them to 12 of them a day for a series of days in a row. You notice how I did that? Like I would do three days on and one day off. That's how I would do this one. Yeah, that's what I'm coming up with right now. If he was to be taking this medicine. Wow. And I'm not clear right now what exact medicines he is taking. Um, he did a little bit of a log where he's showing me his foods and medicines that he was taking, but he stopped the log and uh, so that he could use his time and energy elsewhere. I totally, when a client wants to stop doing something like that, honor them, whatever works for them, you know, just don't, I, I recommend do not be pushy, but that's how I would do it so, that, so as to rebuild it. It would be, I'd be taking the fish oil. I think I would spread it out and take it with food. Um, I think if I wanted to, I might actually freeze some capsules and take about three frozen capsules every other day between meals. Um, I would probably take it at, you know, yeah, right, right between meals, but in the middle of the day and see if it can get deep into the system. Um, if you're gonna fast in the morning, and by the way, fasting would be a useful thing for, I think for diverticulitis um, recovery, because that's what this is. This is recovery from diverticulitis. I, and, and trying to re-heal, you know, to, to regenerate tissue that you, he needs 
in his colon and elsewhere. Um, inflammation has to go down. The reason I would I'd freeze the fish oil capsules is that it, it then tends to be undigested in the, uh, or less digested, and then can go in to soothe some of the intestinal walls of the small intestine, and then eventually the large intestine. Um, it's an old trick of, of freezing the caps, help some of it bypass the stomach acids, and, and then to start to, to smooth over and heal things. I would defer to any practitioner who is biocompatibility testing this kind of stuff. Um, I get extra points for how many times I use the word biocompatibility. That's just me. Um, that is the uh, one of the other things. So one of the other things is I like to give someone pro proactive exercises to do. So uh, I chose yoga with Adrian. It's a great channel on YouTube, uh, Yoga with Adrian. She has a lot of different types of yoga for anxiety, insomnia, digestion, etc. I'm looking forward to doing an anxiety and uh, preview for it. anxiety and insomnia show coming on up. Um, that will be interesting. But you know, here I'm looking at this 13 minutes, 43 seconds. She shows you what to do. You flow along with Adrian. Just do these positions. She's there, she's encouraging. Her dog's in the video, it's off, off to the side. More importantly, they're really good, simple exercises that are gentle and you know, keeping in mind with the caveat, don't hurt yourself, you know, try to do similar to what she's doing. You can't do what she's doing. She's a yogi. She's been doing yoga for a long time, you know, a yogini, sorry. But you know, she's been doing this a long time. You might not be as flexible. So um, client did not want to do that. So again, honor the client's wishes. He doesn't want to do that. So I found out what's the exercise this client wants to do. I found out he wants to do some Muay Thai. That's some you know, serious martial arts, although obviously he's not going into it in a combat level, but that's fun exercise and moving the body. So, you know, obviously with a caveat of just be careful, don't hurt yourself, but have fun, you know, stretch enough. Um, and, you know, make sure, you know, that you are having a fun time and that breaking your sweat's a good thing. Um, it's all of that, basically. So he wasn't into the yoga, that's fine. Um, yeah, these were the, the other ones. I, I First thing I sent to him, though, medicine-wise, was curing pills. Um, this is an ancient formula. Kang Ning Guan is its uh, pinyin name, you know, K-A-N-G-N-I-N-G Guan. But if you went to almost every single health food store, in all of the United States and many other countries besides, you can find curing pills. It's pretty damn useful. It's up there with charcoal pills, which I find uh, often tests more frequently for myself and other clients. Curing pills would test for the other percent of time to deal with you ate the wrong thing or you ate way too much of an okay thing. Basically like that, those two things. It helps to <clears throat> helps to uh, put the fire out, basically. So, the fire being inflammation. And, you know, uh, infections and pockets of infection, that counts as inflammation. So, I, I think that he, he gave this one a little bit of a shot, and, and I'm going to find out if he's been taking any of it. Um, 
at least recently. Um, I gave him uh, this recipe, I believe, of an instant pot, uh, one, one pot making your own beef broth. I think he's been engaging in buying beef broth locally and he might be engaged in, in building this one. Um, but primalplate.com, paleo blog, um, I'll just try to you know, say, you know, stop the video and look closely. There's, there's the link, primalplate.com. I think you can easily find many bone broth recipes. We don't, we don't have to stop the world about this one. So. Um, chicken and vegetable soup, I gave him a nice chicken soup recipe. Yeah. Right here on the screen. It's not very complicated. Um, I would skip the tomatoes in this case. I would definitely say that you don't need to make chicken stock. Um, you can go really, really simple. Um, paleo cooking fat, by the way. Um, that is kind of important. Uh, I think that good animal fats, um, I think I could, I could look one up for a future show, because this is not going to be the only digestive, uh, you know, gastrointestinal kind of show that I'm doing. No, this is just the first one. I think that when it comes down to it, almost everything comes back to gut health because you have like a second brain in the gut, which has been discovered some bunch of years ago, that there's basically, there's a lot of neurons in the brain. That's the most neurons, of course. And of course the spinal cord brain, if you took them out, where's the next most number of neurons? It's all around the small and large intestine. That's where you have a whole, like it's virtually a second brain. And this is where you get that, you have a gut feeling kind of thing going on. And that's interesting. Um, but apparently it, it seems to be hugely useful in treating people. So I'm just making mention of that. Let's see if there's more. Um, yeah, so again, when you're looking in here, if a camera is going up, a camera is going up into the colon and it is definitely, um, you know, if, if, if it moves the wrong way, scrapes along the side, maybe causes a cut in there, or worst case of all, which is, you know, full malpractice suit ready, perforating a hole through this, but they're protected by their insurances. They can perforate your intestine, cause internal, internal bleeding, and you can die. And they're, they're covered, and you're dead, you know. That is a risk. Um, most of, you know, m most of the, the folks in the hospital who perform a colonoscopy, they don't do that. And, and, and I bet some of them who might be considering watching this video say, I would never do that. I've never perforated intestine. I've never scraped the intestinal wall. They're like, good for you. But my client is not working with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my client doesn't know you. In fact, I don't know you. And I'm glad that you have a 100% track record of never injuring a client with this very invasive procedure, okay? Yay, good for you, okay? Um, I'm glad that you didn't hurt someone, but please keep this one in mind. Um, so that's mostly what I have to, to give to you guys. I, I, know, I know that, you know, I, I think in the end of it all, when you have a serious medical condition, I know you're not gonna go here to YouTube to find some guy that you have no idea who I am and, and, and what gives me the qualifications to give you medical advice. This is not medical advice. Um, 
the point of this is to be entertaining and to showcase treatments and options, medically speaking, that you've never heard of or you never really seriously considered. Um, I would think that there's next level stuff that I would consider doing, okay? Let me speak like, what if this guy really had deep pockets? You know, he had a very large pocketbook, okay? What would, what would I do then, okay? Um, first off, I would think that I still like professionals over self-care until you become proficient. I mean, honestly, no, I like professionals over self-care, period, because for myself, for anyone, I would be flying myself to my favorite medical practitioner, Dr. Rick Warman, over there in Vermont. I would go there. I, I, I certainly hope the video doesn't give him any, any problems, but, you know, I would go there because he would be there to find out what to do and, and how to make things better, which is very simple. He would make things better. He would... He would actually improve the situation. He might even get it to the point where you're, you know, you're going back for diagnostic labs and, and imaging, and they're finding that the problems are significantly better or gone. If that's what that's the kind of results he gets. If I wasn't going to Rick, I would choose. Uh, I, you know, I'd be looking up a variety of other similar practitioners that I know in my head. Um, I I can certainly know. Uh, I know one in the Boston area. I know one in St. Louis. I know one in California. I know how to find a network of them because I know where they get some of their most favorite medicines, you know, some of them. Um, Systemic Formulas is one company. Another company would be um, Innovita. Um, those are, you know, excellent companies, excellent medicine. And any practitioner that works with those companies, um, I, you know, I, I could basically find people through that as a network. That's an interesting way of finding people. And I would, I would try to spend the money and the time going there and hooking up with as many treatments as possible while living in, you know, obviously an air, air bed and breakfast or some very nice place to stay in and, and staying healthy and warm. Uh, Vermont's a cold place. If you had to go to Vermont right now to go see Rick, it would be sucky if you're not used to the cold. Like, look, this is me. This is my place, like 24 7, 365 is tropical. You know, I lived in Vermont. That's how, you know, I got trained. And oh man, if you're not used to dealing with like zero degrees, negative 10, or colder, you know, I've seen negative 28 when I was there. I've seen it, I've felt it. Um, if you're not used to that, that could be a problem. So I'd be planning it around that. But what if there was other things that I would in because I like if I have a lot of money let's have to see the rooster go past me copy um, if if I had that much money I would be considering purchasing probably a very nice uh, GD 4000 that's a rife machine I would know how to use that machine that's a frequency generator it pumps out I think in, in the realm of 80 watts which is substantial in terms of covering one's, like a large portion of uh, your home, or at least the room that you're in, substantially in the room that you're in, I would say maybe, uh, of certain radio frequencies that would, you know, if you found the right frequencies, that would be making things more healthy. I would, you know, go further. I, I would consider a PEMF device, that's pulsed electromagnetic therapy 
uh, frequency device. And some of those, uh, let's say, what were the costs? What do these things run, basically? Um, um, a GB4000 with the amplifier and everything, the, the, the whole kit and caboodle could run close to $6,000. Uh, a pricey PEMF um, could run $20,000, uh, $30,000 easily. That's what they use on racehorses, by the way. You know, so this is no joke. This is real. That, why do you think they would invest, you know, thirty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars in a medical tool, one medical tool, for a racehorse? Because it's effective, and you haven't heard of it. Because again, you are not aware of many of the things that I speak of, um, and I'm hoping that that gives you an idea of. There's so much further that you can go, and so much more that you can do to fix your medical problem. And you know, that's, that's kind of the, the main thing, basically. Um, I just, um, you know, going back to it, I'm trying to find uh, the, the closing part here as I'm, I'm, I'm stalling as I'm trying to find the, the last part that I really want to find here. Um, I, I think it's really important to keep an optimistic attitude. It's extremely important, actually. Um, an optimistic attitude is like, you can do this. If you have diverticulitis, let's just say that you're, you're in this situation, you can get better. You know, it, things will get better. You can get better. Okay. But it's, you know, it, it can definitely be like a thing where um, you, you're going to need a little bit of time to get some help, you know. I, I know that the worst time to ever try to take care of a situation, that's okay. um, the worst time to ever research a situation like diverticulitis is when you're doubled over in pain and your loved one is driving you to the ER. That's like the worst time to try do that. Um, wow, that's just not the right document. I am, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to find like the, the words that I want to find are challenging because um, <laughs> I think um, the thing that I got, I have a document that got saved as the wrong name apparently, and that's, that's a, a nuisance. Um, well, I'll find it. I, I think that the, the main idea is you, you just want to be able to find a way to figure it out, you know, and to do that, you're going to want to find a profession. So, yeah, I think uh, I'll give up on, on finding it. I had a great outro statement to say and I'm just gonna, I'm giving up I'm, I'm ad-libbing it at this point you know um, I hope that you found some of the story entertaining um, I hope that you find even that you can find critique or fault in what I gave you know because that if you can find fault in anything that I delivered it means that you're knowledgeable about medicine that's awesome that really is awesome you know um, and I'm the one of the first people to say you're right you know, you probably are right, or maybe you're right. I don't know. Uh, maybe it needs to be tested, you know. But 
If you don't know anything about these, I hope it inspired you to go and search and find your own way, medically speaking. I'm Daryl Becker, and this has been Not Medical Advice, Episode 2. I'm hoping that you really have awesome health, and hoping that you can you know, find it in yourself to really know that you can do it. Wishing you well.